Well, good morning. It's just so good to be with you and thank you so much for joining us. It's just a great opportunity for us to be able to share this morning. You know, uh, we're continuing our theme in uh, Church Alive and this morning we're thinking about being brave, how the early church had tremendous courage. You know, our faith is not for the faint-hearted and early church Christianity was a faith not for the faint-hearted, but the same for you and I today. Jesus said in John 16 verse 33, he said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, be encouraged, in other words, have courage, I have overcome the world. You know, the early church had none of the advantages that you and I have in the modern day world, in the modern church. They had pressure from every side and persecution, even to the point of losing their very lives. And yet what we see in, as we read these early days in the, in the letter called Acts is that they were brave, vital, courageous and alive. There's something very dynamic about those early, those early years and yet they were under such pressure. I think maybe the danger from our, our modern world and the modern church point of view is that we can be lulled um, by the apparent sense of peace and ease that we do have in our particular society. It's not the case in other parts of the world, but other Christians though. And yet there is um, coming a sort of woke-driven cancel culture and it's coming upon us and even though we're, we're beginning to feel it now and it invokes really a new liberal uh, an illiberal liberalism rather um, that seeks to intimidate to stifle and to even cancel the very life and voice of the church and uh, the danger is that we don't want to sleepwalk into that so uh, there's a fresh call for us today to be brave the, the, what we can learn from the early church, we can learn for you and I today, and that's to have courage, to be courageous, to be brave, just like they were. And we're going to look at a few things this morning together to see what was the very key to their bravery. In Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 29, um, to 31 rather, I'm reading from the NIV and it reads like this. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage? and the people plot in vain. The kings of the earth raise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against your Holy One. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, your anointed one. They did what your power and will decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy, Spo the holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Boldly. They spoke the word of God boldly. Just before this account that we've just read, um, Peter and uh, John were in the temple courts and there was an amazing healing miracle. 
and the um, temple guard and the authorities of the day got jealous and very angry at what was going on so they took them aside threatened them sought to imprison them threatened their very lives and as they're then released from prison this story unfolds and this is the backdrop to what we're looking at this morning you know bravery to be brave uh, Norman Schwarzkopf, general during the first Gulf War from the United States and the overall general of uh, that invasion in the Gulf War, he said this, true courage is being afraid and going ahead and doing a job anyhow. True courage is being afraid and going ahead and doing your job anyhow. You know, it's not bravery, courage. It's not foolhardy. It's not even a denial of our feelings. It's considered so we consider those feelings but we carry through or we follow through you feel the fear but you do it anyway and for the soldier he was saying you rely on your training i'd add to that the bravery that these people are experiencing and that we see in the the, the acts chapter four is that they considered the cost but they looked to christ so they considered the cost they felt the fear and the experience that was going on but they looked to Jesus they looked to Christ and this is probably the very key to prophetic courage boldness uh, as a Christian to stand as a Christian in this age and in the era and what we're and now about to come into um, when you consider when you look to Christ and um, we come under deep conviction it's as we consider Christ we see the circumstance and in that circumstance we're fearful but then we look to Christ we add our consideration of seeing Jesus in the midst of what we what we're going through and we look to him that we come under conviction the conviction of his love the conviction of his forgiveness the very conviction of his power in the Holy Spirit and that's probably the key to courage courage often flows from conviction and we're going to look at that in the next few moments you know at pivotal moments the people were always prayerful throughout acts we keep looking at this coming back to this they were continually prayerful and luke shows this that prayerful equals powerful um, gives courage conviction and courage um, a man called warren wearsby a pastor and teacher writing a commentary on the letter to Acts, he says that prayer is not an escape from responsibility, but a response to God's ability. And that's the place of prayer. The first thing that we see in this amazing prayer, this group of people as they gathered and as they prayed, was this, that the first thing is they had conviction of the power of God. In verse 24, they say, ah, sovereign Lord, ah sovereign lord in verse 24 and there's this understanding that god is the god of all things or the universe that nothing is outside of his power he's not taken by surprise and even though the nations were against the church there was a little handful of people pressured and persecuted and later on even more persecution was to come they looked to god and his power they had this deep conviction of the power or sovereignty of god he was lord over all martin luther the great german reformer we spoke about a little bit about him last week he had a papal envoy come to visit him to threaten him with death really to to be silent uh, on pain of death and in the course of this these threats um, the envoy uh, said that it was going to ultimately end up with all of Martin Luther's supporters deserting him and he would be finally deserted uh, on pain of death and then he said this is what the envoy said to him and where would that leave you 
and he, demand, he demanded of Luther, and where would you be then, he said. Uh, Luther's response was, then as now, said Luther, in the hands of God. Then as now, I'm in the hands of God. Luther had this understanding, even if he was the last man standing, that God was sovereign over all and nothing could resist the power of God. What a conviction. And that's the conviction that as we consider him, that we can come under. Second, the conviction that we see is this, as they prayed, was that they had a conviction of the futility of human power. They had a conviction of God's sovereign power, now a conviction of the futility of human power. It reads in verse 25 of that prayer, why do the nations rage? That word rage is trans in the translation literally means the, the neighing and trampling of a spirited horse. As a spirited horse rises up and neighs and tramples and tosses its head, a strong spirited horse, but comes under the discipline of the reins of the master that that horse must submit to the discipline and reins of the of those reins and the master and that's the picture that they're saying the futility they understood this conviction that human power is nothing in the face of god's power the threats that you and i will receive the intimidation the fear the anxiety if it's based on what's going on around us in circumstance and others it must come under the power of god it's futile human futility of power you know god will always prevail his will will be done his will will be done and there's this deep conviction as we look to god as we see his sovereign hand and then we, we see that his will will be done then whatever we face and they came under this conviction whatever the early church faced even if they would be the last ones standing nothing could prevail against the will of God in and through their lives if I'm standing in and through his will the third conviction that we see uh, as they pray together and as they begin to look to Jesus and consider Jesus and consider God and consider the Holy Spirit and consider his will is that they had a conviction of the overcoming power of Jesus' death and life. Deep, deep down in every one of those disciples and in these men at this time is that, you know, Jesus suffered, Jesus died and Jesus rose again. They'd seen him die, suffer, die and rose again. For them to have to go through suffering and even to death, they knew that they would rise again, just as Jesus had promised. And this was a deep conviction. And so in verse 30, it says there lord stretch out your hand to perform wonders through your holy servant jesus the sanhedrin could see that they've just put jesus to death only a few months earlier and now they're saying we're convicted that jesus is alive and that he will now stretch out his hand and in his name amazing things are going to happen this was a deep deep conviction and so for you and i there's this consideration for who Jesus is. His suffering is death and resurrection. And there may be suffering, there may be challenge at times, anxiety, pressure, whatever it may be. But as we trust and lay hold of his life and resurrection, then we too may know this same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This was a deep conviction that they had and nothing could stop them uh, with this coursing through their veins and in the fire burning within their hearts. But they were praying for this and praying this way. It says there that they prayed for boldness. Don't take us out of the situation. 
but give us boldness as we suffer in the situation. Make us even stronger. How about that? That's an incredible prayer. And then it goes on to say, towards the end there, and they were all filled. The place was shaken and they were all, everybody was filled with the Holy Spirit. The word there literally means afresh. There was a fresh filling of the Spirit. The day of Pentecost had only been, not only, you know, only a, a short while before, and there's this fresh sense of the Holy Spirit. Don't wait a year. Don't wait from your conversion. Don't, don't even wait a, a, you know, a week. We come again and again to be fresh in the sense of the person, presence, and power of God. A man called Leonard Ravenhill said this. He said, God put a pillar of fire in the wilderness for the Israelites. In the New Testament, God put a man on fire in the wilderness. God put a, filler, a, a pillar of fire in the wilderness for the Israelites. That's in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, God put a man on fire in the wilderness. How about that? And this is what God is calling you and I to. He wants us to burn brave. His desire is that we burn brave. And the only way that we are going to burn brave, just like the early church, is that as we consider him, we become convicted. Maybe convicted of our own frailty, convicted of sin. I don't know what it might be. But with that conviction of his power, his sovereign hand, convicted of the futility of the power of mankind, of human beings, and coming under that real sense of the conviction of the life and resurrection power of Jesus again, then we can begin to burn brave. Oh, that our desire today would be that as a church, and as a church in our nation, that the church would rise and burn brave. And that's something that we're going to be called to as we begin to face increasing sense of pressure upon all that we would seek to stand and believe in God and as a Christian let's burn brave God bless you thank you for listening and our prayer is that you would know the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart